You're listening to Startup Nation Radio on News Talk 760 WJR. Here's Jeff Sloan. All right, welcome to Startup Nation Radio. This is our Ask the Expert show. We're going to bring on a series of experts who are going to help you get set up right in business right from the start. We've got Greg Packer. He's president of Access Point. You deal in human resources, all things human resources. Greg, welcome to Startup Nation Radio. Thank you, Jeff. Yeah. Good to see you again. Good to have you on. And, uh, you know, entrepreneurs by nature are kind of big picture kind of people. They're like the big ideas, the big marketing plan. How are we going to make this go viral? The 20,000-foot perspective. You got it, okay? <laughs> that's the, So those are entrepreneurs. Certainly founders, you know, they tend to have that kind of mindset. They're, and that's how business gets started. That's where great ideas come from. That's the drive and everything else. But what can tend to happen is really important details can get left by the wayside or forgotten or missteps can occur as a result of that and so on, right, Greg? And getting set up the right way right from the start is critical. Oh, absolutely. You hear some of the big name stories where I think it was uh, either Facebook or Apple is one of the examples where one of the early early guys working in the garage with the founder yeah, there you go. You know, thought that he had equity or had a deal or they, whatever, and then waits and litigates that when it's a, a multi-billion dollar discussion as opposed to yeah. if things have been documented properly and addressed correctly. Well, and understandably, in the early going, it's easy to say it doesn't really matter, you know, right. right? right? It doesn't really matter right now. But these kinds of things, should you be successful, matter greatly. They can matter greatly down the road. Very much so. Yeah. And in particular, in the human resources department, boy, if you don't set that up right, you can set yourself up for litigation, disappointments, you know, ugliness, all that kind of stuff that, you know, wait, I thought you said this, or I thought you meant that, or... So documenting things and setting it up properly. Now, in the HR department, what are some of the key things we should be thinking about in terms of getting ourselves set up right and protecting our young business right from the get-go? I think probably the best thing is to make sure you're talking to somebody that can advise you on how to do it right. It's a very easy area to cut corners where people think, oh, I'll just pay him cash. I'll pay him by 1099. It's too complicated to say, I don't want to deal with benefits. I don't want to have to have workers' comp. Well, those are laws. They're not really open for interpretation. It's right. very clear. Right. You know, the IRS, the Department of Labor, all of this infrastructure has been created by the various governmental entities to make sure that employees are protected. The labor unions exist to protect employees, and they've helped to lobby for these rules and regulations. And there really isn't much gray area, and ignorance of the law is never an excuse. Right. So. And you can probably get away with it if you're one of these companies that bubble up and disappear within the year, you know, people starting businesses and shutting them down all the time. If you're one of those, you might get lucky. You might be able to skate through and not get noticed. But, you know, we're all in it to be successful. And if you are successful, that's when you get noticed, right? I mean, I, I think, you know, yeah. whether it's professional investment coming into the company, demanding to see that the company's set up right, or whether it's, you know, uh, just uh, getting to a, a level of notice by state or federal agencies that say hey, this business isn't doing things the right way. Yeah, I think if you want to sentence yourself to a lifetime of being a very small business, then you could probably cut some of those corners. And the example I always use is if you're Joe's Plumbing and Heating and Joe Jr. works for you and... Joe's wife and your wife right. run the office. Right. You can cut a lot of corners. But if you want to be in a business, you know, a technology business, you hope to scale it and bring in some private equity investment or some venture investment, you know, they're going to be combing through your books with a fine-tooth comb. They're going to want to make sure that everybody who you've had working for you was paid properly, that they received a W-2, that there's workers' comp coverage, that there's no hidden liabilities because the last thing they want to do is be the one sitting at the table with deep pockets when somebody litigates a matter. Right, that's for sure. So let's talk some blocking and tackling here and get right down to brass tacks and make sure we get, you know, I'm a company. I'm going to start up. 
let's say I'm going to hire a couple of employees to start. It's not Joe Jr. It's, right. it's uh, I don't know who they are. They're third party, independent right. people. They came, they interviewed for the job. I hired them. They're brought onto the company and it's the three of us in this small little enterprise now that's taking off. How do I set myself up right specifically? What are the key things I need to do more than anything else to check those boxes to make sure I'm okay? Well, let's assume since we're sitting in Michigan that you're you're, yep. you're starting your business in the state of Michigan. Sure. You need to register with the state of Michigan okay. as an employer. Let them know you exist. Get your employer identification. Right, so I got an EIN business. number from the federal government. You use that to then apply for your various state things to pay withholding taxes at the state level. Yep. Mainly to set up with the unemployment agency for the state of Michigan yep. uh, to pay your state unemployment tax. The state unemployment agency is sort of the arbiter of employer status. and They are the ones who will come after you if you, if you don't do it. Actually, one of their big initiatives right now, we've seen a number of the clients we work with are getting audit requests where the state is wanting to come out and look at petty cash accounts, bank accounts to see if companies have been paying people cash and not reporting it. And just paying you 1099 is not reporting it. If the person is an employee, they must be paid via a W-2 vehicle. So, Right. And so let's talk about that for a second. What makes a person, This is, believe it or not, even small business owners, they ask all the time. I know this is a subject of confusion. Oh, absolutely. What, where do you cross over from being allowed to claim someone as a 1099 as opposed to crossing over into a W-2 employment situation? The simple line would be almost never. There's almost never really a circumstance when somebody is going to come into your place of business and provide services that they will qualify as a 1099, unless they are legitimately a consultant. If you, if you bring in a bookkeeping service and they send an accountant or bookkeeper to do you know, a job once a week to work on your books, that would qualify. But if you have somebody that's coming in, writing code for you, you know, working at the receptionist desk, doing sales, there's almost no circumstance where they will legitimately wow. qualify as a 1099 and not employee. Even if that person is, uh, let's say, got three other or five other accounts that they're working for? Again, if they have a business set up and they're providing uh, services. Like right, okay. But some of the criteria for the IRS test is, can they have anybody else perform the services? So if it's the kind of a job where, you know, if the bookkeeper is suddenly goes down ill and they can send somebody else out to do the bookkeeping work, then that starts to look more like an independent contractor status. Wow. But if you want that particular person, if you had a salesperson for Startup Nation, you wouldn't want just anybody out there applying the trade. You want to have the person you engaged with. Right. So that's really the criteria is that it's very, very rare. Used to be like in the hair salon business and places like that, but the IRS has been cracking down on the whole concept of renting chairs. But I would say in the audience that we're probably talking to, you know, startup businesses, technology type businesses, there's almost no examples. Again, outside of that bookkeeping sort of thing, accounting type work, legal work, but somebody who's showing up at your office most days or working even from home most days, if you're paying them hourly, almost no chance that you're going to qualify wow. for independent contract. So status. right there, I mean, that's good guidance on that. That's critical. I think people don't have that impression. You know, right. I think that's a good thing to make sure you're very sensitive to and, and careful of. And where you get tripped up is marriage is always great. Divorce is always ugly. So if somebody leaves and now you're no longer paying them a 1099 check, they can't file for unemployment. They go file. The agency says, well, you should have been eligible. So right. they, they do an investigation and they come out and audit your business. You have to not pay unemployment taxes for the last three years on everybody who's been there, regardless of the status. You can't just choose and say, you know what? I, and I hear this from small business owners all the time. Oh, we just 1099 them. We didn't want all the headaches and hassles of a W-2. Well, that's not a choice you have. That's what the law is. So you would say, if we're setting up that small business hypothetical that I mentioned early on, uh, I'm the founder, I've got two employees now and so on. You'd say... 
just automatically set them up their W-2. Yes. I don't even want to hear the but, the you know, the ifs, the ands, or the, the, the stuff on the margins. Set them up as W-2s to set up yourself upright and protect yourself and your business. It's a quarter that it's not worth cutting. It's, yeah. not, it's like not having homeowner's insurance. Right. If you set the person up as a W-2 employee, your very first employee, and then you get workers' comp coverage, it might cost you six or $700 a year to get workers' comp coverage on that employee. But if they get into a car accident on the way to the post office to drop off mm. your mail and they're out of work for three years, you will be personally liable for that because it's the law that you have to provide workers' comp coverage for somebody who you employ. It's really good. Greg, any, are there other things? I mean, that, that was, that's the meat of the act right there. But are there other things that we should think about? I just think throughout the entire employment process, doing things right. When you get to the 20-person threshold, complying with COBRA. When you get to the 50-person threshold, complying with those rules and regulations. It's just, if you want to be able to scale a business and have a lot of success and and enjoy the rewards of your hard work, better to dot the I's across the T's properly. Absolutely. I always tell people, you know, if you're going to start a business and you want to be successful, assume that you're going to be successful from day one and set your business up as though you're going to be successful and that you're going to get noticed as a result. You're not going to be able to fly under the radar on these issues. It's going to come back to haunt you if you don't set yourself up right. I think that's absolutely critical. You know, we talk about HR, but who knew all that about 1099s, really? I can tell you the majority of people sitting in businesses don't know what you just told us, and that was good advice. I'm sure there's a million other things. You said right from the get-go, get someone who can help you. Get set up right. You can certainly do that uh, and your team at Access Point. How do they reach you? at www.apteam.com. Is that that would best? be perfect. And you, can, and you can get a hold of you guys right through yeah, there. Yeah, we're happy to help. Yeah. Any questions we can answer, support we can provide? Well, you're a great guy, and one of the reasons we picked certain people specifically to be on Startup Nation Radio is that at Startup Nation, we have a goal. We have a mission. That's to help people get started and get started right. And I know you feel exactly the same way. You're a good advocate and a good friend. We appreciate it, Greg. Thank you for being on and giving us some good, important guidance on getting set up right from the get-go on HR matters. Appreciate it. Thank you. Thanks for helping businesses get started. A rising tide floats all boats, It does, doesn't it? It It really does. does. And we need, you know, businesses are being started at record numbers these days. We're happy to see that. We want them more than being started. We want them to be successful. Absolutely. Right on. to thrive. Greg, thank you. Appreciate it. Back with more on Startup Nation Radio right after this break. 